Hello and welcome to Everyday Oral Surgery. This is your host, Dr. Grant Stuckey. I am an oral and maxillofacial surgeon practicing in Denver, Colorado. The goal of this podcast is to connect, learn, and inspire. In this podcast, you'll be hearing from OMS surgeons all over the globe discussing ways to improve the practice of oral and maxillofacial surgery. Most information shared in this podcast will be based on personal experience and opinions, so please supplement what you learn here with approved research studies. If you are a regular follower of the podcast, please go to our website, everydayoralsurgery.com, and register to receive newsletters and find links to our social media accounts. Most importantly, if you'd like to be interviewed on the podcast or know someone who you'd like to hear from, or if there's a topic you'd like to hear about, please email me at grantstukey at gmail.com. Without further ado, please enjoy today's episode. Hello and welcome to Everyday Oral Surgery. This is your host, Dr. Grant Stuckey. I am an oral and maxillofacial surgeon practicing in Denver, Colorado. The goal of this podcast is to connect, learn, and inspire. In this podcast, you'll be hearing from OMS surgeons all over the globe discussing ways to improve the practice of oral and maxillofacial surgery. Most information shared in this podcast will be based on personal experience and opinions, so please supplement what you learn here with approved research studies. If you are a regular follower of the podcast, please go to our website, everydayoralsurgery.com, and register to receive newsletters and find links to our social media accounts. Most importantly, if you would like to be interviewed on the podcast or know someone who you'd like to hear from, or if there's a topic you'd like to hear about, please email me at grantstukey at gmail.com. Without further ado, please enjoy today's episode. Welcome to another episode. Today I'm with Dr. Robert McNeil and Stephanie Ganter. So exciting to have you guys on the podcast. You guys are based in Texas. Tell me where again you're at. That's right. We're just outside of Garland, Texas. Yeah, absolutely. It's kind of a nice suburba, a suburban suburba. area. <laughs> Did you just make up that word suburba? We're, we're in yeah. Garland, Texas. I'm an oral maxillofacial surgeon, Steph. I'm a periodontist. Periodontist, and we practice in a group practice setting. It's kind of a multi-specialty group practice. And you've had me on before, and we are excited to be here. Yes, so great to have you guys. I love the episodes I've done with you, Robert, and I'm really excited about Don't this one. Don't call me Robert. I'm only Robert when I'm in trouble. You can call me Bob or Bob. Bob that's right. <laughs> I Bob. always feel as though I'm getting in trouble if you, it's like Robert, but that is my <laughs> official name. So Okay. Dr. Bob. Well, Bob, thank you again for joining us. I read recently in Amos Today this marvelous article about you and Stephanie doing a mission trip. I think it was to Poland. Can you talk to us a little bit about how that got started and what you did? You know, I appreciate Amos doing that informational thing. They had seen something in the American Dental Association news and kind of reached out. Steph, why did we do that Ukraine mission? Right. So part of that was, you know, whenever so people always kind of want to know, well, how does a periodontist and an oral surgeon even start you know, doing anything together, let alone a, a private practice. We actually interacted for the first time on a mission trip to mm. Guatemala. And so kind of off the bat, we knew that service was important to both of us and both of our professions and our specialties. And so 
when this opportunity to go to Poland to treat some of the Ukrainian citizens that have been displaced by the war efforts going on, we jumped at the opportunity. And I would say I was somewhat nervous about the opportunity. We've done mission trips. We've done them locally. We've done them throughout the state of Texas through the Texas Mission of Mercy. And then we've done international ones like you talked about. And this was a little bit of a leap of faith. And for me, it was getting out of my comfort zone. Absolutely. Were you in your comfort zone before we started this? I would look at it more as this was a, I have a different perspective. You know, for me, my family doesn't really travel outside of the great, you know, state of Texas. The Dallas area. The great state of Texas. And so for me, when I wanted to go to Guatemala for my the first mission trip that we did, that was international. Uh, it was a big deal for my family. So when you talk about, kind <laughs> yeah, of they said the, don't go. They yeah, said, ripping the bandaid off. That, that started with that, and the positive experience that I had on that trip provided plenty of goodwill when we went to Poland. Now it was a different setting, of course. I had patients that were confused. They thought I was going into the war zone itself. And I know we've had several brave practitioners do that. But we had to do things in a facility that I never thought we would have to, you know, we basically remove teeth in chairs, just like we're sitting in, which is a regular chair. And for me as a a bit of a control freak, this pushed me out of my comfort zone, you know, beyond measure. (laughs) I'm just like, are you serious? And for you and I to kind of have to make sure we got all the stuff that we needed. And I guess that's the big push. If someone's listening to this and they go, oh, you know, I've always thought about doing that. Just get out and do it. I think what, yeah. And I guess what we're both trying to say is just that. What are we trying to say? I think we're trying to say it's, it's usually what you think it is or will be is probably pretty different from what it actually will be like. Yeah. And I would say most of us are used to being in our offices. You've got your standard equipment. You've got your staff. Everything is just, you know, I've developed a system for, for myself over 18 years to maximize my efficiency. You get out of your comfort zone. <laughs> Nothing's the same. And it's, uh, it's a mess. So, and I know, I know you've done mission, mission trips as well. I think we talked about that. Uh, Grant, the last time that I was here, it cha- it changes you. It changes your life. Gives you perspective. I was exhausted after, but a good exhaustion. Yeah, I've gone to Guatemala, Dominican Republic, and it's been a few years. And I feel like that's probably like what you're saying is the main thing that stops us maybe from going is just because we're such control freaks in our office. We got all our things. It's taken us years to get to this well-oiled machine and thinking about going somewhere we don't know what the facility's like and just trying like winging it in a lot of instances is very uncomfortable just thinking about it yes and i tell you i have not grown much being in my comfort zone i have grown an awful lot by being pushed out of my comfort zone and i like growing i like adapting but i also like being comfortable so i got to push myself you know we did this peruvian uh hike up the Inca Trail two weeks ago. You know, Bob and I have taken on some wellness ambassador and key opinion leader positions for the American Dental Association. And part of that is kind of going on these trips where you kind of get on into the nature and you try to rebalance in that way. So we went on a four-day overnight backpacking trip to land upon the Inca ruins, or I should say archaeological sites. Yes, archaeological sites. The Inca trail up to, yeah. how do you, I can't even say the 
MP word. <laughs> it's Machu Picchu. We, say it a we learned way. a really cool way to pronounce it. That's a little bit more accurate, but I'm not going to try on the show to but, do it. But it was a four day hike. You're in better shape than I am. I had a lot of fun with this trail, but I'll give you credit here, Bob, is that you were definitely way more in shape than a lot of the 30 year olds on that trip. Thank you. And what I would say for people that are listening, if you're an early practitioner in your 30s, keep working out and work out, you know, five days a week and hit it. I'm in my early 50s. About a year and a half ago, I was doing a public policy fellowship, took a month off from practice, found out I was burned out. It was like the last day that I was on this uh, public policy fellowship. And I like, I got to work out every day. And so I started working out every day, but just doing a little bit. And what I found on this Inca Trail is you can almost do anything if you take little baby steps and you pace yourself. At no point did I say, I'm not going to make this. And it was brutal. You know, five, six hours steps up on day two, followed by two hours just going down. And the the Incans, bless their hearts, they weren't tall and they didn't have size 14 feet. Can you talk about not tall people, Bob? So, no, so I, I'm pretty tall. You're going down. I would steps. prefer to be the one oh, talking right. about this. Listen, you know, I wasn't going to bring up the fact. Steffi Steph is not. I thought it was really cool because you can be so, you know, Bob and I, two different people completely. And we had two different experiences on the trail, which was the magic of it. Yeah. And just knowing that you are on your own journey and it's okay if you're not at the lead of the pack. I actually enjoyed being by myself in the middle of this group of about 10 people that we had. It gave me a chance to reflect. I am a person that loves the destination grant. I want to finish dental school. I want to finish OMS residency. I want to get board certification. I want to do this or this or this. I've never really been a person that fully appreciated the journey. And life is such a journey. So that was my mission for this Inca Trail thing. One, we signed up a little too late. and I didn't have a chance to ramp up my training. But just you're going to struggle. And in practice, you know, what we do right now in OMS practice, I've been practicing about 18 years or so. It's gotten a lot more difficult post-COVID. Patients are more difficult. Obviously, staffing issues are more difficult. That's why I talk about when I did that fellowship, I said, oh my gosh, I'm burned out. I was just busy, busy, busy going every day. And that's why I like what Steph and I are doing. You know, we've got this YouTube channel, Between Two Teeth, and we've kind of partnered in doing some things with the American Dental Association. And we're going to be doing some things with Amos for well-being. You know, we got to put some oxygen on ourselves. You got to take time away, whether it's a mission trip like we talked about, whether it's Inca Trail or whatever your adventure is. That's fantastic. I really like that message. I was a weenie and I just took the train and the bus up. You to took the train. I want to take the train and Steffi Steph said. I'll tell you no, this. So the train is actually a great way to do it. And it makes it accessible, not for, you know, kind of a physical fitness perspective, but just a time. A yeah. lot of people don't have the time. To, no, stop that. They no, don't have the no, time. No, to, they do. A lot of people don't take <laughs> so I'm gonna, the time. I'm going to stop you right there. Oh. A lot of people. And, Sorry, and by the way, like, yeah, that's what you got to do with Bob. And He'll get on the whole talk. Me. You're not wrong. You got to stop me. <laughs> you got to stop him in his tracks. No, no one no, no, no. has the same it, amount of so, time. They just don't take the time. Well, no. So a lot of people, they'll have like a weekend or mm -hmm. they'll just have like, four days. So they don't have the full week to okay. hike the trail okay. and it makes it accessible. So I love it. I love the option of the train. 
We actually went back to the start on the train. Yeah. And what I would say, this may be a good time. I know Grant's trying to say things, but we're just going to like, this is I'll cut him off again, Grant. Yeah, exactly. Just just wink twice. Thank you. Yeah, left wink. The blessing is to take the time to get out there and do something. Pushing yourself out of your comfort zone is great. And this is where I'm going to pivot back to when Grant asked me to do an episode like a year and a half ago. Steffi, Steffi here and I have been talking about doing a YouTube channel, but you requesting me to be on your show, your podcast, forced me to buy a microphone. And that actually started the between two teeth kind of official launch. We're like, well, we've got a microphone. We've been talking about doing this YouTube thing. And it's crazy where you can go in life if you say yes to things. If Grant calls and says, can you please do this? Because all of us are busy. That's why I get back to this time. Just make time for certain things. But we said yes. We got a microphone. We started doing this thing. We wanted to be quirky and basic, but also push a message. What's our message for the YouTube channel? Our message is to connect, discover, inspire. Back to you, Grant. (laughs) <laughs> <Love that. laughs> no, we're giving them props oh, and yeah. say that, you know, you never know the impact. Oh. Yeah. Sorry. I'm, I'm just going to keep talking. Go. You never know the impact your actions will have on someone else. So absolutely. And, you know, since we're going to take a beat on that topic, one of the things that we, you know, we were in San Diego this past weekend and we were at able Amos to. Amos Annual Session. At Amos Annual Session. I was a guest and it was phenomenal. And the cool thing was, is. We're on this big, you know, aircraft carrier. I was going to say, I don't know if it's technically an aircraft carrier. It's an aircraft carrier. People in the military are going to be like, wow, he doesn't know what she's talking about. It was one of the largest aircraft. We were on the the Midway, and it was cool on the top deck there where everybody was kind of focused for this, this president's event. I got to interact with some students from my dental school that were there when I was a resident, and I was teaching them. And they were asking advice for residency. It was awesome. And what I didn't realize is how much of an impact I had as, you know, gosh, as a 30-year-old, which whoever expects to have an impact as a 30-year-old. So that was that was really neat. And it plays well into what you're talking about, Bob. Well, and, and what I would say, it was, you know, connecting with people has always served me well. And I love what our specialty is doing through Dr. Paul Schwartz, and it started before him with Dr. David Johnson. And can I can I give a big shout out to Dr. Schwartz? I have never felt so welcome. <laughs> he <laughs> was cool. really amazing. He's an amazing human. He's actually one of our subscribers on our YouTube channel. <laughs> yeah, and we did some reels. So Amos actually showed up at the very first ADA Health and Wellbeing Summit. And it was actually critical. They were the only specialty that was there. The Federation of State Medical Boards was there. The American Medical Association, their general counsel were there. It's a big deal. And I'm dying to give another like shout out. Okay. Uh Dr. Deb Sakow. 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 And then she's amazing. Board she of was trustees. super cool. And Amos. then like also Dr. Kathy Hung. Like yeah. those are rocks. There's a Florida. lot of things being done with Amos and You know, I'm burned out on hearing people somewhat talk about burnout. I think wellness is overplayed and people get sick and tired of hearing wellness. And frankly, what we try to do, I'm selfish and I'm trying to figure out how to live a... Are you? Wait, are you kidding me? Stop, stop. You're selfish? No, stop. I'm trying to figure out how to live a life best lived. And a lot of that is not going to involve 
working, 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 working. So have you gotten any negativity from taking some time yes, for yourself? Yes, people don't think I work, but we actually work a fair amount. You know, we see a lot of patients, but getting back to what we talked about before, Grant, we're just, we developed a system, we're efficient. And, you know, work will always expand to the time you give it. And so if you're listening to this and you're a private practitioner, figure out how to tighten things up and get out of the office. Can I push you to talk about a letter? Which are you talking about? For you. Oh, the anonymous letter? Yeah. Is that too much for yeah. you today? <laughs> so I did get about- it's a- kind of an interesting look. See, I just want to give you an opportunity to talk about it if you want to. She's going to bring up a source subject. Okay. I got an anonymous letter from someone and it basically just told me to dial it back. And as I said, I realized I was burned out and I love that we're able to do what we can do as surgeons but I was burned out and I'm like, I got to figure out how to put the oxygen on myself and and push a message. If we're going to talk about connect, discover, inspire, and if we want other surgeons to kind of get out there and do stuff, then we want to show a message. And I got told to dial it back. And it gave me kind of a sentinel event to say, hmm. and the letter was pretty brutal and it was signed anonymous. Well, I guess it wasn't signed. Well, from did Grant As, send it or did you send it? Who I, I sent think, it to me? I think Grant sent it. Yeah, I, I don't want to bring it in front of him, but I'm looking at his facial expression. Store subject, it was Grant. <laughs> well, said, it was, dial it back. You're doing so too much. It, it was a great learning experience for someone younger in practice because I saw someone like you, state board member, you know, you're involved in your profession, you know, from the specialty perspective and then from organized dentistry perspective. And there's this letter on your desk that's telling you to stop cease and desist. Yeah, it was pretty brutal. I just remember, I remember feeling like if I had gotten that letter, I would be crushed. So in, to give a little more perspective, I get this letter after we had just come back from the ADA annual session where we went in as podcasters. And once again, you know, we actually didn't have a podcast grant. You're like the OG podcaster. We had a YouTube channel with some basic stuff with Between Two Teeth. We show up and we're just like, oh my gosh, and we have an amazing experience. And we interviewed on our YouTube channel, the president of the American Dental Association. And he's like, oh my gosh, I love that you guys, because we did an Italian motorcycle adventure for wellness and took like three weeks off. Once again, we do work. It was amazing. I gained 17 pounds, <laughs> but we do the motorcycle thing and the president of the ADAs on our YouTube channel and saying, oh my gosh, I love what you guys do. And we go from that, I'm feeling on top of the world. And I get this letter that says, dial it back, stay in your box. You're doing too much. Well, it was a little bit more hurtful than that. It was framed a different way. (laughs) Well, So I guess the learning point for someone younger in practice is that not everyone's always going to agree with your decisions in life. I would say most people. And that's okay. And part of coming into your own is is definitely saying, I hear you. And that's a cool perspective, but respectfully, I'm going to do it this way. It could have crushed me. Yes. And it bothered me for 24 hours. And what I will say, we're almost a year from the time I got that letter. And this year we're hosting the American Dental Association annual session. We're introducing the president of the ADA on stage and we're interviewing actress Constance Wu, who has a story of being canceled. So, And that's the only reason I bring it up is because I think it plays well into what we're talking about today of living your best life. You're going to have people that think you should be chained to the office and tied to it. And that's okay. Well, and this is a good time. And I know we had this discussion yesterday. Most of us feel like we are in a cage. 
but the door is actually open. We put ourselves in that cage. We put pressure on ourselves. And and hey, there's certain financial pressures. I grew up in Ontario, Canada, small town. I wanted to drive a fancy sports car and have a big house. I thought money would make me happy. It didn't. And actually, the more money I made, the less happy I became. More money, more problems. But make life fun. Make life interesting. Oh, for sure. You know, and live your own life. What Steph said, there's so many people that are not going to pick up what you're putting down. You know, Grant, you do in this podcast, you've had so many people on your podcast. You've kind of created a movement within our specialty and just listening, you know, letting people tell their story. That's cool. Yeah, I've really enjoyed it. And I'm sure there's many people who don't like what we do. I've gotten emails from people saying, hey, that episode was inappropriate. Take it down or this, that or the other or. Wow. Good. That's good. Like, Thank you for if, sharing if, that. If you don't have naysayers, you're probably not pushing you know, the envelope. I, I've actually, because of your podcast, I've actually, I've connected with some of your guests on LinkedIn and social media. It's been amazing. Like you're doing an amazing job by just kind of exposing he, people. He's doing what we try to do: connect, discover, and inspire. Yeah, he's a lot better thing. at it and, though than we are. You are. We're, we're basic. <laughs> he's like professional at this, and it's a lot of work. You know, here we it's are a lot of work. on a yeah. Saturday morning. It's work, but you're contributing to morning. This is midday everything. for Grant. Grant's oh, been, Grant right. experienced the morning. He's been up bright and early. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, I appreciate you guys talking about that. I really loved the episode I did with Bob about meditation and wellness. And that topic is definitely something that's near and dear to my heart and something that's part of my life. Getting back to your mission trip, can you guys just talk to us a little bit about kind of where exactly you were working in Poland, what kind of patients and, and procedures you were doing there? I'd love to take this question, if Go. that's okay, yeah. with Dr. Bob. Go. So we were in Warsaw, Poland, and I thought it was interesting how far from the border. It's about two hours to the border of Ukraine. And to me, like that's from, you know, if you go from like Dallas to Oklahoma, that's pretty much the same distance. So when we got there, we started to, they had us divide and conquer. So there was a lot of different clinics that were set up. And when I say clinic, it's a very loose definition of a clinic. Sometimes we had a windowsill. There was an OB-GYN chair at one of the places, and we also hit a lot of the shelters. There was a general dentist and I, we were sent to one of the poorest shelters in the area, and I saw things there that it was just different from a local kind of, we do Texas Missions of Mercy. So I, I've seen, you know, I've seen the homeless and what homelessness does to people People that have been displaced by war, it's just they have a different set of issues. And so when I went to some of these shelters that were very underserved and underprivileged, and then you have the language barrier at that too, it was profound, absolutely humbling. And these are patients that have been in bomb shelters for a couple months they're before they got out of their yeah, country. They're displaced from their families too. So the, the people in this specific shelter... They didn't have the money to go to the big city, which was Warsaw, to get treatment. Uh, they were either in hospice or they were in this area because, like I said, they couldn't find any other care. And they didn't have family anymore. So their family, either their sons and or husbands, were still in Ukraine or they were just kind of isolated in a certain way. And so that 
in itself was very touching and moving. And we had to establish a clinic on the spot and treat these patients as best we could. You know, for me, treating a patient and she came back the next day for treatment on a different part of her jaw. Oh, yes, and the she, repeat customer. She was a in her 70s. She was from Odessa and just gave me a hug after and gave my son a hug. So my son's a pre-dent and he's done some stuff in the office, but for him, and we've done lots of different mission trips through the years and locally in different countries. And for him to get a perspective of seeing Ukrainians his age that had dropped out of university and who are separated from their families and not sure what's going to happen to them the next day or the next week. You just, you know, you can't have a discussion with your kids about that. He was able to just see that. We had interpreters that were living at the shelters that were helping us out. And one of them told me when she saw me, she goes, wait a minute, you're one of the docs? She goes, it was almost like the Sherlock Holmes movie. She goes, a female doctor. A female and doctor. And she laughed. And I was just like, is this something new? Like, I mean, you know, we're in Poland still. And, and <laughs> what I would say, Steph, you know, I saw the change and impact you had on her. So it was neat because I had her as my chairside assistant and I said, it's going to be a little rough because yeah. we're not here doing fillings or yeah. crowns. And so I wouldn't leave your side. She did amazing. And yeah. then we actually found out a little bit more recently, she had applied to some level of kind of medical service over there. So, and that was in part because of her time with our group. So which, we love that. Which comes full circle once again of you never know the impact you can have on somebody else. And most of the time, people won't sit down and write you a letter or call you and say, that really meant something to me. But we can all do great things for the person in front of us. I think part of getting out of your comfort zone and doing these international mission trips, a mission work at any level, whether it's in your office, your private practice, through your state or internationally is great. And the international mission trips give you a perspective because you tend to interact with people from a whole different part of the world. It can be exhausting and it can be some of the most difficult things that you it's do. It's absolutely exhausting. And yeah. that's okay. great. We're not going to lie to people. It, it exhausts you. It's a good it's exhaustion though. I need that. And I'm not here to say that, you know, I'm not uh, Mother Teresa by any extreme. We, we had a... I do these to push myself to say, I need to do this. I need, And frankly, you push me. We had a discussion, you and I and somebody else in San Diego this weekend, and we were talking about burnout and kind of the antidote there as far as you have a very difficult set of you know situations coming ahead or you find yourself in one extremely difficult and you have to kind of keep a perspective on it. You have to find meaning in it. And you can be exhausted. And as long as you're finding meaning in your work, oh, you got this. Challenges give you perspective. Yeah. You know, I was in a shipping container treating people just outside of Warsaw with my yeah. son. <laughs> and you're just like, oh my gosh, I cannot believe we're doing this. But you make it happen. It teaches you to be flexible. It's helping me be less of a control freak, although I'm still a control freak, but I'm a work in progress. That's awesome. Were you guys mostly extracting teeth? Were you treating pathology? What type can of I, stuff? Can I, I tell the gauze story? No. 
You don't want me to, but I want to. But if you're thinking about doing something like this, we are part of the International College of of Dennis, and they have a grant program called, uh, it's through Henry Schein Cares program. So you can get funding to help you with stuff. Global Visionary Fund? Yeah. So I made a mistake Mm -hmm. and I ordered 25,000 pieces. Well, no, so you didn't tell it right. So we're trying to get all of this stuff organized. Bob and I have done mission trips where they are already organized. We just show up. And we just show up. This was the first. Do that first. This was our first one that was kind of created from the ground up. So that means we had to figure out, well, how much local anesthetic to take how much deadlines yeah how many instruments to take we got to find the instruments to take sterilization so we had to figure all of this stuff out and so bob was handling the ordering and we were supposed to talk about it and somehow bob sent an order off without discussing it with anybody and suddenly a week later all we had had one grant we had one grant to work with and all of this gauze shows up. I go, Bob, what did we order? Why did we get all this gauze? He goes, I overordered the gauze. <laughs> yeah. So it was just one of those silly things that I'm like, oh man. And what but a I, learning opportunity. It was as a well. learning opportunity. And what I would say, you know, social media does a lot of bad things, obviously. And I think that's part of the challenge why life and practice is more difficult. But one of the blessings it did do. It allowed us to reach out to people. So we actually had a bunch of docs that donated instruments. We had one doc that said, I don't have any surgical instruments to give you, but I'd love to buy some. Just tell me what you need. And so that was really cool. And that helped them feel a part of it. Right. Absolutely. Everyone can be involved. And if you can't (laughs) go, if you can't be boots on the ground, there's other ways to help people. I like that. That's terrific. And so you're treating mostly Ukrainians in Ukrainian citizens in Poland. Yeah, in Poland. And yeah. Yeah. can I tell a funny comment about? I, yeah, I okay. mean, yeah, it's your so it's your show this morning. I mean, you no, it's Grant's show. <laughs> yeah, usually I'm not at a loss of words, and so obviously, so I'm there. I'm working with my son, and we're standing beside a general dentist. He's the chair of the ADA American Dental Association Foundation. He's on the ADA board, and the three of us are standing there. And my son said. Help me understand how it takes so long to go away to school to learn how to take out teeth when it looks so easy. And I was floored. I was dumbfounded. Was that a humble brag? (laughs) No, not at all. Like really layered in there, but I feel like that was a humble brag. My son (laughs) says that and I'm really at a loss for words. And then this other doc, Dr. Armstrong, who was in several of these pictures on that Amos article, he said, you know, David, it takes that long to make it look easy. Yes, I like that. <laughs> and there was struggles as well, so nothing was was easy. I'm holding back here. Yeah, you are. I'm being deferential. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so, but get out there and do it. If you're listening to this, you know, figure out, you know, what do you want we're, to do? It, we're available as a resource too. I don't I don't know, Grant, if you share uh kind of connection or communication info with your listeners. He shares nothing. We're He's happy, like, no, don't. We're happy don't to ever. answer any questions it, that we're, people we're have. To find. We're, and, and it's easier also, we've had people call us or contact us when they're thinking about doing mission work. And it's yeah. easier for them to have a safe space conversation and ask all the questions that they don't want anyone else to know they're asking. And so yeah, we're available for that's that. That's a really good point. We're real easy on Instagram, B2 Teeth, and then through the YouTube channel. We actually finally easy to connect did get with, a, yes. yeah, fe- <laughs> yeah, people connect with us for sure. I can put your contact information in the show notes if you're good with that. 
Bob wants his personal number in the show notes. Yeah, as well. I, I'm going to give you Stephanie's <laughs> telephone. <laughs> so just call yeah. definitely call for. She a likes time. early morning calls, <laughs> six a.m. That's her. That's oh her sweet spot. Hey, real quick, attention to all residents and fellows who graduated within the last six months. Kalos Martin is offering one-time sale pricing for newly graduated oral and maxillofacial surgeons. The sale includes discounts on a VNR Cairo Pro with five hand pieces, the Spectra G6 headlight, which is awesome, oral surgery instrumentation, and in-office bone graft kit components. This is an incredible deal, so don't forget to ask your Kalos reps about this. So please enjoy. A real quick question. Did you guys have surgical drills? Did you have suction? Oh, I like, love this what, question. That's what did you have? Question. I love this question, Grant. So when we were figuring this out, we we decided, we agreed one surgical drill was going to come over there with us. And what we didn't realize, so I had the drill on the first day and I didn't realize that our, the connections, the hookups that they had, even though we had the right converter. The, the currency or the voltage. For whatever reason, in this shelter, it wasn't good enough. And it was burning through the fuse Blew box. the fuse. And, and it's a risk when you take your own drill. I know in Guatemala, you know, you're taking a so, $10,000, $15,000 drill. And, and so you guys know, the problem is, is when you think you've got a drill, the algorithm to take out teeth yeah. is differently. You There's change different. your treatment planning. And so we had to figure out very quickly that we had to figure that out. <laughs> we got a replacement fuse we, that didn't work. We got Yeah. But the cool story is, so our entire group got a replacement fuse yeah. and it still burned through it. We ended up still being able to take out several teeth, yeah. but it we, was uh, we, without a drill. Which gets back to getting out of your comfort zone. Can I, one more comment on the drill? Cause I think having a drill at these events is very it's awesome. It's crucial. You can have Pelican cases, or you can even go to a hardware store. They've got those big plastic cases. You got some foam in there. You can cut out the foam to match your drill. And then that way you can handle it through the security. The one thing I didn't appreciate was kind of the electricity issues and the voltage issues. We had the converter. Yeah. I was shocked at that. I'm not telling the story I really want to tell. Things didn't work. Yeah, it's uh, <laughs> once we yeah. almost had an international incident yeah. over the drill. And I've had challenges, frankly, getting equipment in and out of countries. And with this mission trip that we went on, you know, we had dental licenses that were issued through Poland to treat Ukrainian citizens. And because that's always a thing to think about when we've done that in Guatemala. So that is a, that's actually a very critical point. And it takes, it takes time to get that license. Now, not as much as it takes to get a license in Texas. Wow. That's a a hit. That's a little stab at at regulation. No. So you're not wrong. And it was, but it's something to consider. So you don't just wake up on a Saturday and say, Hey, I'm going to go to Poland next week. Yeah. And that's where, especially if it's your first one or two going through a group, we went through a group called International Medical Medical Relief. Relief. Mm -hmm. They do, it was actually started by a dentist and now his daughter is the CEO and they do a lot of medical dental stuff throughout the whole world. They actually wanted us to go to Turkey Turkey because I think they just had an earthquake. The infrastructure there though, that's where Bob and I were like, ooh, that's a little outside of our comfort zone. Well, And not just that, though, we had several people with the American Dental Association who were coming with us, including one of the docs that kind of oversees the wellness initiative and dental practice. And I had my son coming and I'm like, we can't expose people to kind of infrastructure challenges. They were still having aftershocks and all that kind of thing. And that's always the challenge, you know, for people that have kids. 
taking my kids when they were super small on a mission trip, I think was life-changing for them. And I think it was life-changing for me. The very first one I went on, I think, was in Costa Rica. And my oldest guy, who's a pre-dental student right now, he was like 10. And we were in such an impoverished community. I was shocked by it. I grew up sheltered in Canada. I'd never seen anything like this. And at the end of the day, I just said, David, tell me about today. You know, parenting, they always tell you to ask open-ended questions. And he said, you know, the kids didn't have much but they were some of the happiest kids I'd ever seen. And I totally, I missed that point. I saw poverty. I saw that they didn't have stuff. I was scared for my safety of myself and my kids just because of a bunch of different things. But he saw through kids' eyes how happy they were. And that's the benefit, I think, of doing something like this. You, you see things like that, or you get a hug from a 70-year-old woman from Odessa, or one of the pictures in the Amos article had a woman who had brought Steph chocolates, and she's in a shelter and has like very little, and she gave you the chocolates. Yes, she did give me chocolates. Yeah. It, that was a very cool story. She was just somebody that... She was in one of the shelters where we were taking out teeth on a window seal. And a lot of the Ukrainian citizens did this. They would trust us for one tooth, and they needed a lot of teeth out. They would trust us for one tooth. And if you could sell them after that one tooth experience, then they would let you do more. And so it was kind of a cool trade-off, especially the language barrier. I, you know, I, I couldn't imagine trusting someone that I wasn't quite sure what they were doing. Yeah. And so she came and they only get, the cool part about it was that they only get one kind of coupon to get food. And from that food bundle, they get like one sweet for the entire week. And she'd used hers so she could give me chocolate and give it to our group, which was, I was like, please, no, like keep you it, did try to keep refuse. it for you. And she goes, no, this is the only way I can, I can pay you essentially. Yeah. And I'm like, oh gosh, heartstrings on that. That's incredible. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I was going to ask, I mean, you're saying you're in a shelter, like, so I was figuring you went to like dental offices and they had chairs Not and lights. All. Steph was no. brilliant, then said, what? we got a windowsill there. Let's <sighs> use that as a headrest. And I'm telling yeah. you, Grant, we had, you, you know, you had a gyne chair for one So we things, had an OB but- gyne chair and imagine having, trying to get, so in that part of the country, it's a little bit more men have certain roles and women have certain roles. And we were trying to get these Ukrainian men to get into this ob chair. And they kept going, no, that's a chair for women. I'm not getting in that chair. Yeah. So I can imagine like, we were like, no, dude, we're just working only the head. We're only working on the head here. And it was just an odd thing to see a guy in this ob chair. <laughs> you adapt, you adapt, you adapt. Oh, and you get back yeah. to your office and you're like, oh, but we so, so the ob chair yes. room, it was an office. So there was a computer in there with an office desk and then that ob guy chair. And that was it. Yeah. That's what we had to work with in one of the shelters. And then the other shelter, it was just a, I was a room a, with windowsills yeah. and then a single table in the middle. And I was in a container shipping vessel for my first two days. Yeah. You had to be oh creative. Gosh. Okay. So there wasn't suction or what? Did you have manual? Like we had 25,000 pieces of gauze. We oh, had, oh, that's right. Well, so you were no, good. So you're, yeah, it was old school. You had to yeah. be, you had no you had, suction. You had no suction. Oh, there was no vacuum system. It was, like I said, the creativity was on overload. You had yeah. to be yeah. really creative. 
Yes. And I'm glad we had done a bunch of different mission trips prior to this to set mm-hmm. us up for success. Yeah. Yeah. When I was doing mission trips as well, like it forced me to realize what you can achieve with various instruments, you know, and like in our office, we get a thousand yeah. instruments for every little piece, <laughs> yeah. but sometimes all you have is a periosteal or you yeah. know, osteotome. I love that point. Oh my gosh. You, you actually absolutely your mind. hit it. Yeah. You hit it on the head. So you have that one instrument because it's the only clean thing you've got. And you've got to make it work for in, in different ways that maybe in your office you wouldn't. Well, and that makes me think of this, you know, for you being a periodontist and coming into the practice, we didn't have a lot of the stuff that you needed. And it's been helpful for me as a surgeon. And frankly, the staff are like, here, use this. This is what Dr. Ganner uses. And so I didn't use an Orban, for instance. And they're like, no, here take this or here, use this suture. And it makes you a better practitioner when you see things done differently. That's been one of the blessings of have perio OMS together. When you go on a mission trip, and just as you said, when you figure out what what can I get by with here, you just, you learn stuff. It's terrible, I think, to get stuck in your ways. And it's real easy to do that. I've been doing this for so long pretty strong chance that I get stuck in my ways. So I need to be pushed. And I like that point you said when you went home, you were so much more grateful and your eyes had been opened about, wow, my own office, my assistance is just so incredible here. It's a good thing to kind of make you appreciative for what you actually have. I think if you don't get out and do some different things, you're not going to have a perspective that's really going to help you. And by struggling, and once again, there were a lot of amazing fun things that we were able to do on this trip and sometimes that we were just worn out at the end of the day we'd do a regroup and a lot of us were just wiped out physically emotionally but it was an absolute blessing to be able to do all of it so great well i'm so happy you guys did that and i love the article for our listeners please read that amos articles it's a good summary i love that amos did that I really do because it, you know, we treat a certain number of people, but if it pushes someone else or if this podcast pushes someone else to do something, then that's magnifying the effect and you're going to help other people. You're going to help yourself. So kudos to you, Grant. Grant's making a difference. You really are. That job's easy. You guys had the hard job of going over there and getting in the Uh, trenches and dealing (laughs) with it every day. I actually had a patient talk to me when this particular patient thought we were going into kind of an active war zone. He was a uh, ex-military. This he, is a patient back in Texas. This is a patient in our private practice. He goes, okay, Dr. Ganner, when you're over there, if you're riding around in a vehicle, take that armored vest they're going to give you and put it under the seat. Oh, yeah. So that way when the yeah. blast happens, yeah. you'll live. <laughs> Buddy, oh, I'm going to stop you right there. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's not this kind of mission trip. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Oh, my. I know. It was crazy. Insane. Oh, my gosh. So you were mostly in the Warsaw area. Did you get over to the border or no? I ended up doing something on the back end with my son that we ended up kind of. We weren't going. No, we weren't going towards the Ukraine side. The closest we got was about an hour and a half. If you include like the drive to some of the shelters from the actual Ukraine border. And it was real cool because what I recognized through the stories of the locals that were translated for us. In a lot of these shelters, they have big maps of Ukraine that are mm. updated daily. And they talk about, well, okay, here's what where we've 
we've kind of won back territory and here's where, you know, maybe we've kind of lost some territory today and they're actively following this. And it was kind of different from the news you might get in the States. A lot of national pride. Oh my gosh. Yeah. They're in it to, you know, for sure. They want to come out of this thing with, with everything. The emotional impact all of these things had on us, whether it was an older lady giving chocolate or a hug from someone from Odessa. Right. I appreciated something that was out of my character to appreciate. They had these little, I like arts and crafts, but not since I've been like six. And so they had these arts and crafts going and these just little paper snowflakes. And I remember having a moment where I'm like, wow, in a a war-torn country, they have time to decorate. And why is that important? And you start to think of the translator was telling us the most important thing is to have a positive morale. And even though the paper decorations are silly and goofy and you might not think it's meaningful, a lot of Ukrainians who can't fight in the traditional sense, they feel like they're not doing anything. And so they have to be creative in ways that they can help with their on their side with the war effort. Yeah. Sometimes that's decorating the shelters. Sometimes that's writing articles. And our guy, our finance guy who had joined the trip, He's from Michigan and he like a translation service. And then also he's doing other things to help Ukrainians who cannot fight physically. He sent his Ford F-150 over to Ukraine. And I just didn't realize. used in the battlefield. I didn't realize the, the deep need and desire from so many Ukrainians who can't physically fight to also help. And of course you think, well, of course that makes sense. But we heard so many personal stories of people in the shelters that felt useless in their own words, and they wanted to be more helpful. And this was just one of the ways they did it. You can't help everyone in this world, but you can help the person right in front of you. Yes, I love that. That was actually a Mother Teresa quote, I think. Was it? Oh, nice. A lot of us want to change the world, but it starts with the person in front of you. And we just saw a lot of that through everyone's actions. It takes a lot of people to make a difference. And we saw that. Yeah. Especially when it came to languages. That was the other thing that I learned was just that when a country kind of goes into this, you know, battle state, the victor usually has the language option. And the, again, our finance guy was, who's from Ukraine was talking to us about the importance of that area and how many languages have been through that area. And it's more than just a way to communicate. It also brings with it a culture. It lets, briefly talk about the finance guys from Detroit works with one of the big three auto no dental experience at all he signs up for this medical mission trip oh but it's a bunch of dentists his name's Alex Alex (laughs) Alex was a rock star probably one of the smartest people I've ever met in my entire life finance I took during my MBA it almost destroyed me mentally because it's so hard this guy was a rock star he jumped in you helped him kind of set up a system And he wasn't a dentist. He had never been in a dental office other than being a patient. He helped us soar in what we were doing. Absolutely. Alex was instrumental for us. And it it just plays back into, he's a a great example of someone with Ukrainian heritage who really wants to help. And he's trying to find a way he can't fight, but he wants to find a way to fight in other ways. Yeah. That was did cool you guys have an interpreter or did most of these people speak some type of English or how did it work? We definitely had interpreters. Not a lot of The English. language barrier was real. Yeah. My first interpreter had just turned 18 the day before. His parents were in a different country. 
his siblings were in yet another different country. And my son, who's pre-dental and 22 and just graduated from a fancy college in America, got to see this kid and hear his story of, you know, I was getting ready to go to university and that all got thrown to the side. And they had some impactful conversations. He was our translator. His English was terrific. We still keep in touch with him through WhatsApp. Just impactful beyond measure. Wow, I'm so glad you guys did that and are kind of sharing your experience. So if there are listeners who want to get involved, should they reach out to the same group that you worked with? Or what do you guys recommend? Yeah, they can absolutely go through the IMR website. They can go through the ADA. They can go through They can go through Bob and I. There's I, CMDA, yeah. which is the Christian Medical Dental Association. Yeah. There are so many opportunities to serve internationally and locally. Just find what works for you. And even like, I'm not sure. So I, I know in Texas, uh, they have Mission of Mercy events and they have them in other states as well. That's another great opportunity just to get your feet wet. Yeah. Usually they're a little bit more organized than say going internationally. They uh, don't have as much gauze, one. but they are, <laughs> they've got they plenty are, of gauze. <laughs> they are more they, they have suction. They've got drills, and, all this. Oh, wow. and, of, <laughs> and we can provide you those links, yeah. Grant, to help out the listeners. And then also, of course, Bob and I are... Great are available. Yeah. So it'd be terrific if you could um, get those to me and then I'll post them up. But yeah, I, I really appreciate you guys talking about this stuff, sharing some of your feelings, making an effort because it's no small effort to go over there and do this. And like Bob was talking about, you know, there's, it's, there's personal risk there, especially in a close to a war zone. So kudos to you guys for doing that. And I'm sure it was a life changing experience that helped you in your own personal lives. Very, very cool. Any well, last minute you. comments or anything? I think there's like always there's always there's always last minute comments. Yeah. I'm just trying to figure out like yeah. when it's socially appropriate to yeah. to tell Bob, hey, I'm gonna cut in here. Yeah. Now it's what you gotta do in life. Now life's a blessing. It is what you make it. And as I said, I am a work in progress, and no one should mistake me for Mother Teresa, who I've just referenced multiple times. I do I some of the stuff because I don't I, think they do. Yeah, they're probably I think, don't. I think they don't. They don't. But <laughs> I do this stuff because I need it. I need to be more appreciative of how good I have it. I need to push myself to help others. And these adventures help do that through the YouTube channel Between Two Teeth and podcast. It gives us a chance to promote a message of just getting out there and doing it. And we want to show the good parts, but we also want to show the bad parts because that's the way life goes. You know, it's not all uh, happy and getting chocolates and all that kind of stuff. People are really struggling and they're struggling in America. They're struggling in Ukraine, obviously. And that's the way life goes. You are not going to be happy all the time. It's a matter of, I think, how you deal with when things are down. And that's in part why it's a blessing for us to be involved with some of the wellness and well-being initiatives. Comment. You look like you're... No, I, I just, I don't know what else to comment on. That pretty much sums it up. Kind of getting out of your comfort zone, getting out and go for it. I know we always talk about you're living in a cage with the door wide open. It's not as accessible sometimes depending on what stage of life you're in or what your situation is. But the nice thing is, is as you're saying, Grant, just make an effort. And that's the key idea. It doesn't have to be perfect. A lot of people are waiting for the perfect time or the perfect moment. I think a lot of things get done when they're in their imperfect phases. That's where a lot of plans stop in the planning part. You got to just go ahead and do it. 
Yeah, because oftentimes it will never be perfect. We didn't start our YouTube channel until Grant said, hey, you know, let's do this. We had to get a microphone. One of the things is uh, a good plan today is better than a perfect plan tomorrow. Mm. I love that. That's good. Stephanie Ganner, September 2023. (laughs) Very good. I usually end my podcast with rapid fire questions. And that's like usually one of the questions is what's your favorite quote? Um, so I'm, I really like that you guys shared that quote. My other question is, what's the best book you've read in the past year? Any good ones on your radar? I read this on the plane back from Peru. It's Think Again by Adam Grant. Okay. Have you read that one yet, Grant? I haven't, no. Is it a good one? It's a great. It talks about the kind of the polarizing thought patterns that social media has made in society. And it pushes you to challenge your opinions, open your mind to new experiences, It's phenomenal. It talks to you about pushing yourself to rethink where you're at in life, where do you want to go, and how to work with people that have different opinions other than yourself, and to not be so polarizing, but try to find the common ground, really rethinking where you're at. You're really poorly served if you're locked into your positions, and you're not open to new information, not open to new experiences. You're not going to excel. Is it kind of unlearning certain things too? Is that part of that book? It's unlearning a lot of what you've come to know as far as just nothing's nothing's concrete and in recognizing certain thought patterns that originate in you before you kind of get entrenched. It also talks about the power of, of debate and how we, it's kind of a lost art. We get so offended so quickly. We don't even get to experience the joy of debating somebody. Yeah. Bad things happen when you can't communicate debate and interact and be okay. You know, I'm a regulator with the Texas State Board of Dental Examiners, and there's lots of debate that happens. And being able to still maintain friendships or collegial environment, but to be have very different opinions on things, that's key. And for us as a specialty, to be able to interact appropriately with different things. That's in part why I give props to Dr. Paul Schwartz and some things that had to happen with respect to anesthesia and the dental anesthesiology group and the American Academy of Pediatric Dentistry. There's things people had to communicate for us to be effective as a specialty. And if you don't communicate and you're not effective, some things really don't happen that need to happen. I like that. How about favorite movie or TV series you've been watching lately? Oh, man. Do you, you have one off the your... top? Oh, so I guess for me, it would either be Flight oh, or... Flight? What is Flight? It's about a hijack situation on an airplane. <laughs> yeah. It was cool because it plays into the negotiator role. Yeah. And it's about convincing people to be on your side or trying to figure out okay, this person is thinking about this way from this perspective. I love that. And to tie that into the profession, you know, one thing I learned at this public policy fellowship I did, you can be the smartest person in the room, but if you're not effective, and part of that effectiveness is negotiation management like you just talked about. And sorry, and then the other one is shrinking. I don't know, Grant, if you've oh, seen yeah. that one as well. Oh what my gosh, shrink? amazing. Started watching that. Yes. Oh, it, yes, it's funny. It's With Harrison quirky. Ford and, yeah, but it really highlights that the people yeah. that probably need the most help are the providers. And I love it's, that. <laughs> yeah. Which, yes. if we're looking at this saying, there's mostly providers listening to this, put oxygen on yourself. 
do something, your journey is going to be different. And I would encourage listeners to go watch that series because what they do in the series, Shrinking, is they make light of how difficult it is to have an honest conversation with some of the most important people in your life. And it's tough to, and so what some of the actors are scripted to do is say the uncomfortable things, just blatant and awkwardly. And then you, and then as the audience, you realize, wow, that's why it's, I mean, yes, it helps their relationship move forward, but it's so tough to say those things. Why? It just gets you thinking. Yeah. I like that. I'm going to keep watching Shrinking now that you said that. (laughs) It's really good. Yeah, it's pretty good. And I also got uh, Think Again already. Just while we were talking, I put it on my Audible uh, list. Oh, so I got it. I'll download it. Love that. Cool. Well, you guys are just feeding me with tons of great, inspiring information today. And you're going to SmileCon. You mentioned that. And you're going to interview. We're hosting Constance the deal. Wu. Constance Wu. Have, have you seen the movie Crazy Rich Asians? Of course. I love that movie. Yeah. Of course, Crazy yeah. Rich Asians. And I think she was in the movie Hustler with J-Lo. Hustlers with J-Lo. And then uh, her book out is Making a Scene. And I could go on and on about and, her and, book. And, and she's got a wellness story. She was in a bad spot because someone tried to cancel her. And she's going to hopefully talk about that. And It wasn't just someone. It was an entire group of people yes and then there was a very prominent person that really tried to cancel her too but don't let people cancel you live a life well lived and your journey is going to be different and that's 100 percent okay once you do the interview is this something we can just watch on youtube or how do you access never that? they're never well gonna publish I, it. I would say, say we're gonna terrible <laughs> probably but <laughs> we're uh, we're gonna go live so if we have listeners that want to kind of join in have them kind of follow our channel on Instagram. And so when we go live, you can kind of see it from the stage. There'll be stuff. He'll never publish this podcast. <laughs> He's like, no, these guys, we're just going to leave that in the can for just in case some point down the road. Yeah. No, no, I love this. This is terrific. Awesome. We love banter. We love discussion. I feel like we should do another podcast where we just chew the fat and shoot the bull and <laughs> talk about so, life. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> Let's do it. Life is all about connection. Well, For I guess sure. it's not all about connection, but that's really a big part of it. And we had people very early in our YouTube channel. And once again, we're basic. We don't have very many subscribers at our YouTube channel, but we had a dentist say, you know what? Listening to you guys got me through the isolation of chemotherapy. She was going through breast cancer. She's a general dentist. She's in our area. We don't interact with her a whole lot clinically. She's not in our study club. But she said that. And it was just, you know, you can't help everybody. But if you help one person, is that enough? And that was impactful to me, especially the point because you put stuff out and you're like, is this making a difference or not? And, and Bob's kind of referencing the starfish story, if anyone's, I don't know if that's a common You've said thing. that before. I have no idea. It, what when we were is. in Guatemala on that first mission trip, one of the leaders got up and they were talking about the starfish story and, you know, in a very concise bubble. But what the story is, you get some, you have two people walking along the ocean. One of them's throwing starfish back in the ocean because once the tide came out, all the starfish were on the beach and they're going to die. And so this one person's throwing them back in and the buddy is like, hey, you know, why you're not going to save all of them. Why are you doing this? And the guy's like, if I can save one, what do you think it'll mean to that one starfish? Yeah. And so that's the idea of helping, even if you just help one person, they're going to appreciate that a ton. And even if you can't save them all, that was never the point. Yeah. And I think if this podcast can give people reflection to say, 
what can I do? What do I need to do in my own life to make a change? And sometimes it's critical. Sometimes it's mental health issues. You know, Amos just started the Amos Cares program, I think, for people with substance abuse issues. When I was in training, a very critical person in my faculty had a substance abuse issue that became a big problem. And what we do is challenging and stressful. We've got to put oxygen on ourselves. And I'm glad conversations and organizations are getting together to kind of help people that need help. And as you just as you talk about that, Bob, it kind of brings up one of the themes of the wellness summit that we just kind of went through with the American Dental Association. It talked about these perpetual challenges and uh, the alliteration in me loves perpetual problems, but I feel like problems is such a negative word, but these perpetual challenges in life, they can be personal or internal, but they can also be external. And what it's like is a thunderstorm. You know, it's coming. It's not something you can change. It probably will never change. But the important part is that you learn to weather the storm. And every time the storm comes up, you learn to weather it and navigate it in a little bit better way. It doesn't mean change doesn't happen. But it just it teaches you that change is very incremental. And just because the storm keeps coming doesn't mean you haven't learned something and you're not making a difference. I've learned a lot from storms. I have not learned very much when life was hunky-dory and everything was going just blissfully well. There's a quote on that too. Jeez, I'm going to botch it up. But it's like the most experienced sailor never learned anything from the smooth sea. You know, it's like all their learning comes in the storm and the... For us, complications and issues and, you know, difficult things we get through, that's where the learning takes place. And that's where I think it's tough as a new practitioner because you come out and you think, oh, I got it all figured out. And you just haven't had a whole lot, you know, experience teaches you a whole lot. And that book that I talked about, Rethink, it addresses this too, where it's, it's just like you're saying, Grant, you know, when we have something go well, We don't know if we just got lucky and it works. We tend to say, oh, well, I did this. And so that's why it happened. But there's a lot of luck there. But the times that we fail, we can usually narrow it down to why. And so that's why the learning happens. Well, fantastic. Thank you guys so much for joining us today. I'd love to reconnect. I'm looking forward to all the things you're doing and checking out your content on YouTube and your interview. I'm so excited for that stuff. So. Thank you again for doing this. Absolute blessing for us. I really do appreciate the the ask. And stay well. Get out there and just everyone be the best version of yourself. Yep. Totally. I agree. All right. Well, that's time for me to go help out my wife with my six children. They're already, I can hear them making messes and breaking stuff. So it's time to go. Oh, thanks again. (laughs) Thank you. Thank you, guys. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of Everyday Oral Surgery. For more information on these podcasts, please visit everydayoralsurgery.com. I love feedback and would be very grateful if you would reach out to me via my email, grantstukey at gmail.com, and let me know what you thought of this episode, or you can text me at 720-441-6059. Additionally, if you have any topics you'd like to hear about, or if you'd like to be a guest on the podcast, please, please email or text me. I found many of my interviewees through people who have been contacting me and have been listening and I've gotten so many great ideas for more podcasts and that's what helps keep the podcast rolling. So I really appreciate you making that extra effort and helping me out with feedback and knowing what to do next on the podcast. Thank you so much.
Thank you so much for listening to this episode of Everyday Oral Surgery. For more information on these podcasts, please visit everydayoralsurgery.com. I love feedback and would be very grateful if you would reach out to me via my email, grantstukey at gmail.com, and let me know what you thought of this episode. Or you can text me at 720-441-6059. Additionally, if you have any topics you'd like to hear about or if you'd like to be a guest on the podcast, please, please email or text me. I found many of my interviewees through people who have been contacting me and have been listening and I've gotten so many great uh, ideas for more podcasts and that's what helps keep keep the podcast rolling. So really appreciate you making that extra effort and helping me out with uh, feedback and knowing what to do next on the podcast. Thank you so much. Mm-hmm.